politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for all the issues that matter. And what are they? Life, liberty, property, borders, security, culture, you name it. It is all on the line here as it is every day. It is Friday, the 23rd of February. Daniel Horowitz, your host, back here today for CR Podcast. We got a lot to discuss to really fill out this week. And in order to fight for the issues that matter, you have to actually know what you believe. And and the problem we have in this country is we have one movement on the left that knows exactly what it believes and it knows exactly where it wants to head in terms of outcomes. And therefore, it knows the sorts of inputs and stratagems, subterfuge, lies that it wants to pursue in order to enact those goals. But on the other side, we have a party, a movement led by, you know, the blind leading the blind. They don't even know what they believe. We don't even have a vision on healthcare, a vision on foreign policy, a vision on what to do with budgets, strategies, what are the most important issues. It's just reactionary to whatever the left does. And what that has created is a movement where the left is able to be the action and we're the reaction. So the left goes light years to the left. The right goes along with them and goes back three steps, and they fight like cats and dogs on those three steps. But we're all way off base for where we should be, economically, culturally, foreign policy, national security, Etc. And I think this point to me was really brought out by some things I've been seeing percolating out from CPAC. Not that I watch it, and evidently very few people are attending, but this is supposed to be the preeminent conference where, you know, we discuss conservatism. We don't even know what that is. Let me just give you a couple examples. Liz Truss, who was very briefly prime minister in Britain, she was championed at CPAC like a, like a big hero. I, I She was on Steve Bannon's show. I don't get it. She's one of these pro-homosexual globalists that's talking about globalism. It was so weird. I guess she's kind of like the British Megyn Kelly. You could just reinvent yourself out of nowhere. It's just so weird. And then I found it interesting... This Salvadoran president, uh, Bucal, was received like a rock star. And everyone's comparing him to Trump. But here's the, the, the funny irony. I actually like the guy from what I could see. He actually is not Trump. He got in there and was confronted with the challenge of a generation, ubiquitous crime in El Salvador. And he clamped down on them and locked them up. Trump did the opposite. So what's funny is CPAC, CPAC has all these leftist donors, but one of the big things that Matt Schlapp and the American Conservative Union push is jailbreak. To this day, they're obsessed with criminal justice reform. It's the funniest thing watching them champion this guy who is the exact opposite on that spectrum. I mean, I agree with him, but it's just funny. Wait, one thing is not the other. Liz Truss is not what you're saying 
and Buchel is not what you're, you know, what you think he is. Each one in the opposite direction, really. So it's like we just flail out, and we don't even know what we're doing. This is what it is. It's just they they, they adopt a policy to comport with whatever talking point they want at a given time, rather than the other way around. I have a fixed policy. You know, it, the specifics might change based on the time, but the broad principled objectives are still there. And, you know, we try to try to see how we get there. What I'm driving at, what I'm building up to, is a clip. I've really played this before because he said it before, but he said it at CPAC. And... Nothing embodies where we are in the fake conservative industry than this comment from Tommy Tuberville, who most would put him in the top 10 Republican senators. You know, he was the one that stood up against the abortions in the military, held up a lot of the military promotions. And yet, he's at there, they have this panel, he's discussing the wokeness in the military. And while he's doing that, he says the following. So what, what's going to happen? Do you see it? Yeah. Well, you, you see it kind of bubbling. It's getting worse and worse. Caitlyn Jenner, I, I talk to her all the time. She's totally against this. You know, and I've told Caitlyn, you were one of my heroes growing up. Remember uh, Bruce Jenner won, Bruce. Won, yeah, won the decathlon <laughs> and years ago. But they know the difference. Okay, They know the difference. But the only thing that's going to change this is leadership. Folks, what am I supposed to do with that? This is one of the better members. He says, Caitlyn Jenner. This guy's like 69 years old. He's not like a 30-year-old conservative. He's 69 years old. So even he's been infected with this. He lived to admire Bruce Jenner. And then he has no problem. He's not even saying it sarcastically. Caitlyn, she, her. Caitlyn really gets it. While he's talking about wokeness in the military. This is unbelievable. And this and a couple other observations that I'm going to talk about have all conjured up a thought in my mind. How, because this is a superlative example of this, but we, we, you could apply it to every policy issue. That Republicans go up 95 yards on the field Seed the ground and a seed to the position of the left holding that ground. And then they'll pick the last five yards to fight over. And they'll own the left on that. And inevitably the left will get those five yards anyway. But they don't realize the fact that we're fighting over that degree of radicalism to begin with, even if temporarily we're sort of winning the argument. But the fact that that is where the swords finally crossed, that is where we, we finally contended with the left's demonic and degenerate policies and worldview, that in itself is a loss of the Overton window. So basically, this is where we're at. Basically, it's where we're at. We're at the Bruce Jenner position in the conservative movement. where. It's all fine to have a man as a woman, a woman as a man. We don't know what a woman is. Have them in the bathrooms, have them here and there. Just don't cut the balls off of minors 
and don't have men and female sports. So basically, if you watch carefully, the, even the so-called better Republicans, their talking points are perfectly comporting with Bruce Jenner. And he himself is touted as a leader on that very issue, blithely using female pronouns. That is where we are. You know, what's become a rallying cry, Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a, what is a Woman? Coming, it's become a rallying cry. And rightfully so, he did a good job. And, and I know Matt would agree with what I'm about to say. But ironically, most Republicans and conservatives who champion that, they don't realize that they themselves are guilty of not understanding what a woman is. And they accede to the premise and ironically, the, the weirdest thing is, it's only the female sports that has gotten people to stand up for womanhood, which is so ironic. Not that there's anything wrong with female sports, but it's just like, you know, there's obviously, there, there's feminine and there's masculine traits in life. You know, th- there is time, there's times where they're both you know, needed, even in both genders, there's times where a man could theoretically be nurturing, right? There's nothing wrong with that at the appropriate time. And there's a time where a woman needs to be more defensive and leadership and, you know, out in front. But let's, let, let, let's, let's face it. We're living through an unrelenting war on femininity in this country and in this culture, in Western culture. Ironically, we pick the, to- the one area where it's women exhibiting more masculine traits, right, sports, and sometimes particularly certain sports that are a little bit bizarre that we're championing among women. And there's, oh no, there's men getting involved. That's a problem. But everything else until that point, using female bathrooms, just confusing what they are, you know, pointing to a, a guy like Bruce and saying he's a Caitlyn, that's somehow totally fine. And this is emblematic of a broader problem, that when you have an absurd policy of the left, so we, we, we harness a talking point. Now that talking point is supposed to plow through the entire evil edifice of what they're building. Not to park your tank just on that one point of contention, implicitly ceding and even us ceding to the rest of it. it it's kind of like the border. Similar thing with the border for many years. Republicans would point out, look at the humanitarian crisis. And look, it's a true talking point that it's not good for the illegals either. It causes human trafficking, sex trafficking. But, I mean, that's not the main point. The main point is an invasion. We can't have a country like this. They need to be kept out. You want to use that as one of your talking points for the broader issue to achieve the broader goal. That's fine. But don't make it start crafting policies about, oh, it's only what will solve the humanitarian crisis and not solve the problem for the American people. And and, and you you could cut and paste that on every other issue. And that's the thing here. The problem with our culture is that there's men in female sports. No, that was one absurd result that you use to fight the entire war on women. You know, the left always use this term war on women. And as you well know, whatever they say 
it's they're they accuse us of doing they're in fact doing and my problem here is it's emblematic of a broader problem <clears throat> where those who claim to be conservative or even claim to champion the rallying cry of what's a woman and fight the tranny agenda on some level themselves are guilty of building or 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 or, or getting the democrats into first and goal scoring position at our one yard line, but then complaining about it and trying to frantically fight it off. Well, you built it. You went along with it. How many people, both leaders in the movement, how many conservative leaders live a conservative life? Conservative family life. (laughs) Minority. How many people who identify as conservative live the life of a conservative? You know, an interesting thing, what this brings to mind, and what you see with Tommy Tuberville, that it, it, it's it's very rote and very physical, very tangible, that they limit their concern about the war on women, the war on sexuality, the war on God's design, marriage. You know, I mean, the Republicans and conservatives have ceded that long ago. To be fair, Matt, Matt Knowles gave a rousing speech at CPAC I saw you know, hitting gay marriage. And that was good because CPAC needed to hear that because they've been promoting it for forever. But generally, we've run away from that. We've run away from Genesis. You know, Genesis 3. God created man, he created woman, he created Adam, he created Eve. We've run away from that. And most conservatives don't live lives that comport with that themselves. So it's all a matter of gradations. So the left might be a culture where it's they're building this urban, yuppie, lesbian culture where basically you have these women parading around saying, we don't need men, and literally never get married. So Republican women will be, yeah, the Megyn Kelly, you go girl boss sort of thing. They'll get married, eventually have one or two kids late in their 30s or something, but prioritize this sort of like masculine culture in women. And and, and by the way, what, what you're seeing, the confusion on the right, what's a woman we think is sort of an accusation to the left's transgenderism. But again, we're missing the point. So the final, most absurd, radical result of two generations war on sexuality is that they literally point to a guy, six foot three guy like Bruce, that's been known as a man for decades and with a, with a, with a penis in front of him and call him Caitlin. Okay. That's the most absurd. And we even have Tommy Tuberville acceding to even that point. Just don't, just don't compete in the sports, but everything until then we've seeded. And that's even short of so-called transgenderism. We are gender confused as a society and have been for quite some time. It's built up to this. You know, there's been a trend among my colleagues on the right promoting a resurgence of masculinity and and, and uh, lamenting the left's war on masculinity, war on, on, on you know, what they call to- toxic masculinity. And, and it's absolutely correct. Totally agree with it. 
they're doing, you know, the left is doing both. They want men to be more feminine and women more masculine. But I would venture to say the war on femininity is actually worse. I think that's more of a ubiquitous problem. I think there's less of an awareness among the next generation of rising women as to what a normal woman is more than what a normal man is. Don't get me wrong. We definitely have the problem with this Gen Z, you know, the tight pants, weird looking guys, whatever. But I think there still are enough men that do, you know, masculinity being aggressive is still celebrated in enough areas of culture. Um, not enough. And there's too many that are messed up. But I think it's much more on the other, the other end. Curious your thoughts. Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com is my email if you agree or disagree with me. But I think the war on femininity is the antecedent to almost every societal and cultural problem we have, from the birth rates to the marriage problems um, to the mental illness and depression we have. There is an utter confusion at the core of what is a woman, and that afflicts the right and certainly the right so-called leaders. You know, with the exception of a few. I think Matt Walsh himself has actually been very good about pushing back against this from this like boss girl culture of of the Megyn Kelly sort of conservatives. That's that's where this is. We have gone for generations being okay with this. Yeah, yeah, the female female cops and firefighters and the women in combat and we've we've run away from that. And look, look, you could have exceptions to a rule. You want to go and have a certain hobby or profession that that taps more into masculine traits. Okay, I mean, be be yourself. Do do your thing. But the fact that we now have a culture that that idolizes this as the ideal and all of the women being promoted as idols is this aggressive you, you know, you know, I I didn't um I, I don't watch the Super Bowl, but I, you know, see I, I watch Twitter, so I see different clips being Play, you know, thrown around, and um, and again, I I don't agree with my colleagues that are obsessing about Taylor Swift either in either direction. But what did bother me is there was a clip of her just chugging beer like 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 a like the crudest. We're now taking the crudest cultures of men and championing them um, among women. It wasn't too long ago where you would get fined if you were caught cursing in front of women. And now we just champion women who you know, act like that. That is the bigger problem. And this whole business, if, if, if you're living in this generation, picture you're a girl, 10, 12, 13, 15. You, go, you get into you know, high school, 11th, 12th grade. What, 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 what is being presented to you is that you are no different than a man. In that your self-value in life is 100% based on your career. You know, for a man, not that, not, not that there's nothing more than a career to a man either in your self-worth. But, you know, generally speaking, you know, from the time you start working in your 20s until you retire, there's never a time where you kind of take a break. You know, you're full-time the rest of your career. I mean, that's, that's what you do because you got to earn a living. We're giving women the message that you're on par even more. And that's why you have more women in every school now. Medical school, law school, everything. Eventually, you'll probably be engineering too more than men. Everything's more than men. And again, you know, 
some women at an individual level, you can make that work. But in a macro sense, if you're going to say this is what you must do, and there's no value in taking care of a home and raising kids, and some people are able to straddle that, but the notion that you could take a million women in one group and have full male sorts of a male mentality that you will never go easier on a career, even for your 20s and 30s when you're having kids, if you have them, and those that do, don't tell me that's not going to have a societal difference. We lament how we have no birth rate. We lament how kids are off the wall, the ones that are born. We lament at the, you know, about the uh, mental health issues among you know, today's kids and youth and young adults. And we don't question where that came from, that we've completely uprooted God's design of what's, what's a male and what's a female. But I would argue Matt Walsh is right about his title. It's more what's a woman is the bigger confusion. There is a much bigger confusion. And that's why um, one of the things that got me thinking about this was I saw Gallup had a new poll. Axios had this out. So we have a gender gap in terms of ideology. There's more women obviously messed up that buy into you know cultural Marxism, Marxism, communism than, than men do. But the gap is evidently insane among 18 to 29-year-olds. So Gallup has been tracking 18 to 29-year-olds Self-described liberals. I mean, they track every age group. Now, just just to set this up to be clear, to be clear. So, for for a long period of time, you would have some like forty percent self-identify as conservative. You know, among all age groups, you know, thirty percent moderate and like eighteen percent liberal. Now, obviously, that's not accurate. I wish it were true because almost everyone who identifies as a moderate, they're really a liberal that doesn't want to own up to it. The word liberal for a while has Reagan really killed it. So for two generations, it had a bad connotation. And then even a lot of conservatives aren't really conservative, um, but they identify as that because it had a, a good connotation. Now that's changing. But but. He, so so liberals across the board are are you know going up self-identified conservatives are going down um but here here's what i want to focus on the gap between men and women 18 to 29 year old so as late as 2013 just a decade ago women were hovering around 30% self-described liberal Remember, you're talking about that age group a lot more than them are liberal. But these are the self-described. And then among men, it was, would be like 26%. And, and you know, th- this is how it was for two decades before that. There was a 3 to 5%, 3 to 5 point gender gap. More women identifying as liberal, young women, than young men. Now, it's up to 40%. Remember, this is self-identified. Um, you throw in the moderates, it's gonna, you know, the real liberal is gonna be like 70, 80 percent, and 25 among men. So men among young men, it's very interesting, at least self-identified, it's pretty stagnant. Hasn't really gone up despite the degenerate culture. Maybe it is, but at least among those that are willing to own up to it, among women, it's off 
the charts. And to me, that gap is exactly the result of what I'm saying. If you think about what we're putting out there, you know, I was in a barber shop recently. Um, you know, a couple months ago, I wasn't able to go to my normal one. They didn't have appointments. So I just kind of looked around, went to a random place, and they had this, these videos playing, you know, this movie. And I'm watching just these female characters beat people up, get beaten up, get punched in the face. Just, you know, there's the physical sense. And then there's obviously just, again, the more subtle traits of aggressiveness. And it's all your career. That's what's being given over to them before we even get to the transgender thing. I think I think we've been building up to it. I don't think that's a sudden thing. And we're all into this. How many conservatives, self-identified conservatives in their homes, cultivate a true masculine path among their boys and a true feminine path among their girls? And not downright get sucked into the opposite, but particularly on the latter. It's a dirty little secret. Most conservatives aren't conservative, and almost all conservative influencers aren't. And that's why we have the result we do. That's why we have this imbalance between the success of the left in their implementation and the so-called right, because the right isn't really conservative. Because if you were, you wouldn't be tolerating this. This is the problem we have. So it's just, oh, you know, just don't, I mean, we don't even have most Republicans inveighing against the premise of even the transgenderism. It's just, don't screw up female sports. And you know what? We're going to harness Bruce Jenner for that uh, for that talking point. And, you know, connected to this, I heard Steve had a guest on, I think, yesterday. This guy, what was his name? Is it Dan Smith? Of the Nehemiah Institute. And it was very interesting. Could listen, it was, yeah, it was Thursday's show. If you want to go back, if you haven't heard Steve's show, it's worth listening to him. So he has something called a peers testing. I'm just going to read from their about page because he was basically describing this. Peers is an acronym standing for politics, economics, education, religion, and social issues. They, they've basically given out over 125,000 tests. They've been taken by high school age youth, and they gave them to not public school kids, but kids from over a thousand Christian schools and other Christian organizations. They have a list of 70 questions. Steve evidently went through it. I, I haven't seen it. 14 from each of the five categories. And then they divide your ranking into bib- biblical theism, moderate Christian, secular humanism, and socialism. And what they're raising concern about is, this. again, this is among, and, and he talked about these are sometimes elite Christian institutions. Based on 30-plus years of test results, peers testing shows that the majority of youth from Christian homes are abandoning a Christian worldview um, in favor of a secular worldview, if not a socialist worldview. And uh, basically... Over 90% are scoring in the secular humanism category. And he had a lot more to say on Steve's show. 
I, I just found that to be really, really fascinating. Because that's almost like a Rosetta Stone insight into why we are where we are. It's a dirty little secret. The problem is ourselves. And look, I would venture to say there's a disproportionate number of people who listen to my show and Steve's show who are still the remaining people who live a biblical worldview. But in the broader so-called conservative industry, I don't think that's true. Hence, <laughs> you know, I have a much smaller audience than, than these guys. But that's the problem. We're okay. It, the irony is the only thing we're bothered by. It, it was like, I, I heard um, Steve himself mention this, and I'm not trying to knock the person at an individual level, but just broad, broadly what this represents. So there's this guy complaining, you know, wrote an email to Steve complaining about his daughter is into wrestling and was complaining that the, she, you know, there's a, she has to compete against the male. And I almost felt like laughing. I mean, really? So that's the concern now? I mean, you get your, you get your daughter into a man, you know, super masculine thing that's kind of, you know, you know, uh, you could throw tomatoes at me, but in my view, it's kind of bizarre. And like, hey, there's a male. Well, yeah, go eat it. The problem was the other way around. We've heard about this a number of times where a male who's, you know, makes sense to go into this, they have to now compete with a female and they would, you know, forfeit and wouldn't want to do that. But it's like, hey, okay, so you're you you see the absurdity of men competing against women in that, but you're you're missing the forest from the trees. If we're now at the point where we're encouraging female wrestling, like that's normal. Oh, but just don't have the men there. We're we're lost. I'm sorry. I know it's going to hurt some feelings. But that's my view. And look, you want to have an exception. Someone, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not dumping on a hobby. <clears throat> okay, if someone wants to have a hobby that they're a female and it takes them a little bit more into that sort of venture into that. But what I'm trying to say is broadly in the culture, including among self-professed conservatives and people who claim to live a biblical worldview, they have accepted too much of this in a macro sense. That they steer their daughters into a direction that is not good. In other words, look, a lot of people have noted that the tranny agenda are taking people that just go through a tomboy phase and they, they turn them over. And they're right about that. They're right about that. There's all sorts of people that for, had different phases, particularly among kind of like that tough, you know, teenage era that got into all sorts of things. But if we're okay promoting what is essentially a permanent tomboy mentality as the rule rather than a temporary exception across the spectrum of, of, of women, and then we complain about transgenderism, I understand there's a difference and one shouldn't lead to the other. But it, do, it shouldn't surprise you, A, that it does, and B, is that okay? Again, it doesn't mean, you know, what, what, what um, the left or the Megyn Kellys on the fake right try to do is they create a straw man, false dichotomy of, of oh, you know, they, they lay on the stereotype stick. Oh, so Daniel, you want the Victorian era wearing the corset, 1880s, you know, sitting with the hoop skirts and whatever. They, they they try to create a false dichotomy. No, obviously nowadays where, you know, most occupations aren't manual labor and 
frankly, you could, there's so many jobs you could do, especially part-time from home while you're even a homemaker too. There's certainly nothing wrong with trying to earn a living and, you know, trying to also, you know, pursue a career, but it's, it's the magnitude that it's now become you're a nothing of a woman if you don't have a girl boss career. That's the problem. You know, I had, I had this discussion with my wife where, you know, she stopped working after our second kid. And then now our youngest, our fourth, is already out until till the afternoon and pre, already going to preschool. And all right, so, you know, what do you want to do with the extra time? And she was going going back into just doing doing freelance where you could do this at home part time. And she brought up the point that, you know, how much to take into account uh, how much money she earns. You know, in other words, determining what to do based on income because things are getting very tight. The kids are getting older, four kids in this economy. And by the way, it's the the economy is by design. They want to make it that you that that you have to have two full time incomes, and sometimes you do. And I'm not I'm not talking that down. And I get that. I'm just saying they're creating that side by side culturally as they create that to, as the ideal. Economically, they have made that the imperative, and that's why you have all these red states. They're they're promoting um, uh, subsidies for for daycare. They're trying to make that as the Again, the rule, not the exception. They're grooming people both culturally and economically into that. So some people can't get around it. But you know what I said to my wife? And, and this, is, this, is, this is the difference between what true feminine pursuits are versus you know, what we believe is a traditional biblical worldview. It doesn't mean you can't work. It means this. I said, honey, don't worry about the income. God will provide, and that is my job to earn God's trust and bounty. That's on me. Don't feel like, you know, yeah, we're going to have a shortfall. I'm going to have to earn more. And every bit helps, and it's great if you could bring in, but that's not on you. You pursue what gives you that feminine energy. Okay, so a mixture of the kids, the home, homemaking, and whatever talents you have, pursue the talent you like, not necessarily what's going to yield the most money. If it does, ha, I'll take it. We don't want to reject that. But if it comes into conflict where you know there's something maybe you'll earn more money, but you don't enjoy as much versus vice, you know, vice versa, go with your passion. Whereas that's where it's different from a man because a man ultimately has to provide. So sometimes... You know, you might not be able to do your best hobby because it won't earn you enough money. But that that's the idea of a traditional marriage where the man steps out to the best of his ability and God's grace. Sometimes, you know, not everyone is is merits such a thing, especially in this retarded economy, where you could go ahead and say, look, I'm gonna go all out in a way that you're now free to do whatever sort of mix without the pressure that you have to earn a certain amount, work a certain number of hours, you do it at your pace. For some people, they'll pursue more full-time, and that's fine. But that, that is not the message 
that is being given over to today's teenage girls and young women. Not by a mile. And I surmise even among self-professed conservatives. And you certainly see it in a lot of these stupid influencers. I know I got off into a huge tangent here. Um, Didn't mean to really go this far this long on it, but you know what? Maybe it was worthwhile. What's a woman? That rhetorical rebuke we use against the left, it's not just about transgenderism. It applies to the right as well. And ironically, we can't even get some of our best senators to even hold the ground on the tranny issue. How did we come to a point where we could have a senator from freaking Alabama who is 69 years old, he's not a millennial, pointing to Bruce Jenner and saying her and Caitlin? And the answer is because we've gone for two generations where even on the right, we're so confused about what the heck a woman is. We have no idea. That is the problem. I don't believe transgenderism took off in a vacuum. This confusion is part of a premise that too many people of all ideological persuasions have agreed to, that is against God's Genesis design. Again, I don't want to hear this nonsense from people, this straw man, oh, so you mean you can never have a great... No, it doesn't mean that. Look, I have a niece who's absolutely brilliant, and she's going to go to medical school in a couple months. 22 years old, turning 23, and she really believes it's her life's calling to get people into the medical profession who are going to fight their way of thinking. I mean, it's pretty brave of her to embark on this being anti-vaccine from day one. I don't know how she's going to, going to be able to handle that, but you know, she's going to school in Florida, so hopefully it's better than other places. But the point is, so yeah, I mean, that's going to be a challenge to have kids, raise kids. You know, sometimes you can get a certain uh, specialty that once you're in in your groove, you you could have uh, you know pretty flexible hours. Um, it's really the three years of residency that are a killer. But, you know, she has kept that feminine agenda pursuant to our religion where she's she's actually she's getting married in a couple of months before she even goes to medical school, which is rare among those type of women. And she wants, you know, she's going to have a family. You know, obviously, you, if you have all women who go to medical school, it's going to be a lot harder to raise family of three, four, five kids if that's what you want to do. But, you know, you could have exceptions here and there, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But again, that's in my culture. We still value family. We value femininity and women, masculinity among men. But broadly, we're losing that. We're losing that. That we are giving over to our girls that you are the same thing as a man. And by the way, that is the ultimate war on women. Okay, the left complains about it but but they are guilty of it see if you tell a woman all feminine character traits are weak oh that's a wuss we need women to be like men yeah yeah women do yeah, like so you're actually saying that femininity sucks that's what you're saying you're saying your self-worth is only in mimicking masculine traits 
Again, sometimes both genders have to harness traits at different times. There's nothing wrong with it for certain times, certain place. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying you need to be like a man. Remember, this is short of the pronouns and transgenderism. This is something we have all tolerated for way too long. And it's destroying humanity. Why do you think you you know you either have have them never getting married, not getting married until their late thirties, maybe having one kid. If they do, the kid's neglected. I've said this before. There's the gay lifestyle without being gay. There's a the transgender lifestyle without officially being transgender. And way too many conservatives are comfortable with it. And you see it. Someone needs to speak truth to power. Again, it's all these observations, this guest that Steve had on talking about us losing this, this poll I saw with the gender gap, just young women just being off the wall. And then hearing Tommy Tuberville's comments, it just all came to me, just wrapped up in one, one observation. We all are losing sight of what the heck a woman is. And I think much more so than on the male side. It's definitely a problem. The war on masculinity is definitely a problem. But I think the war on femininity is much more widespread. And they've been much more successful in achieving their goals. And it's something, because it's a lot more subtle. Everyone understands strength. So like, oh, you're trying to get people to be weak. So I think people understand that and there's pushback. But the feminine traits of nurturing and beautifying and growing and breathing life into things, that's why God created man, created woman to create life. You know, again, I'm sick of this nonsense that somehow to be a homemaker is, is bad. We, we all lament why the next generation is we're not even having a next generation, but the little we have is just messed up. Why do you think? Why do you think? You reap what you sow. We reap the results of the two waves of feminism. Rather than femininity, we had feminism. Well, there you go. And, and you complain about the suicide rates, the mental illness, the lack of kids, the crazy kids. Every kid's off the wall. Learning problems, education problems. What do you think? I, I forgot where this was. It, was. it was something like 10 years ago. Someone put out an analysis of the, <clears throat> the fiscal value, like in terms of compensation salary of a homemaker. And it came out at the time to be something in the, in the ballpark of, I'm, I'm making it up, but it was, it was significant. Maybe 180000 salary per year. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a lot. It is a lot. I, I have four kids. I mean... It is, you never have enough time for all the different chores that need to be done. You know, and I try to help with that too. You know, where I can. I mean, it's, it's never enough. So the notion that you could just take an entire generation of women and say, you are literally on par with a man in terms of your self-worth is defined by a full-time, long-term career from the time you're 22 to the time you're 70, just like a man. Well. I mean, some people here and there can make that work, but generally generally, what you're going to have is what we have gotten, which is no kids, few kids, messed up kids, because it just doesn't work that way. 
Again, God made an equal proposition, a man to be a man, a woman to be feminine, and that's the way it ought to be. And there's a reason for that. When you deviate from God's design is when you start having issues. Again, there's exceptions, there's things, people have more, you know, you could even have a situation where it just makes more sense. It does happen for various reasons where the the man is home more than the woman. But in general, if you create that as a rule, this is what you get. The notion that it's not equal, if anything, it's, it's it's more of an exalted role. On a micro level, it's an equal thing. Micro for the household. The, the man needs to bring in to provide. And, you know, someone's got to take care of all the chores in the house and the, the kids. But I would argue on a macro level, the woman's job is more exalted. Because at a civilizational level, that creates the next generation. You're raising that generation. Well, you know, the 60s feminists created a, an entire generation that raised a new set of a generation after that, that forgot what it was like to be a woman. So we didn't raise a generation. We have a dead culture. It, it, everything flows, in my view, everything we are suffering flows from that war on femininity. And, you know, I think there has been a reawakening on our side the need to exalt more masculinity among men. And that's, that's a good trend, and it's needed. But equally, if not more, I would argue more so just because it's been damaged more over the last number of decades. We need a revolution promoting what true femininity means among our girls. Look, I'm just going to tell you the way I live. I got three boys. I got a three-year-old girl as the youngest. I'm not going to be one of those, oh, let's go raise her like one of the boys, and oh, that's so cute. No, no, it's not, actually. Now, it happens to be she's very naturally, you know, obsessed with dresses and everything and, you know, sneaks into my wife's makeup and tries to put it on, whatever, so I don't need to steer it. But And again, you don't have to lay it on thick and, you know, uber stereotype like the left always does. See, what the left thrives with is straw men, false choices. Oh, you mean like the Victorian era? You're going back to the 1880s? Well, not everything there was bad, but no, we don't mean that. The world changes, things change. And again, you could easily have, you know, even being a full homemaker, still having, especially a part-time home where you work online, a part-time job, I mean, it's it's very easy to do. There's a lot of options like that. Um, And again, if someone wants to opt for full-time, that, that that's fine too, as long as you have the right mindset about it. But just know that if you go with the, the fact that 100% of women are going to do it exactly like 100% of men, you know, on a macro level, you're, you're not going to be able to make that work. You're either going to have a messed up family life or you just won't have a family. AKA what we are experiencing right now. That is the result. <laughs> we need not speculate. We all complain about these trends. And we wonder where they, where they come from. We don't even know what it's like to be a conservative. You know, it's funny. I, I meant today to do a show more on foreign policy, what it's like to have a conservative foreign policy. But I, I started with this and I, you know, went all the way with it. But I think it was worthwhile. Again, email me, Daniel Hur- Hurwitz at startmail.com. 
By the way, it's start, not star, as in the thing in the sky, S-T-A-R-T mail.com. Let me know if you disagree with me. Let me know what your observations are. Do we still have communities that exalt motherhood? That it's not a weakness. It's actually a strength to the future of civilization. You know, there's this trend now of all these Gen Z girls I just saw today, everyone was passing this around, videos online, crying in their car. I don't don't know what this car video thing is, some sort of trend, but crying about um, how they went to college and they have a good job and they can't afford to live. Some are even single and can't afford to live. And again, a lot of that's the economic problems that we have that are done by design. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week, where we are with that. But yeah, I mean, feminism has not brought happiness. When you deviate from God's natural order, just like we talk about with vaccines and just pharma, where pharma started out as, okay, you know, some people need an intervention, they need a medicine, they need a surgery, but now it's become a rule that you just live on pills, you live like this, you just change natural, the way the body works, you have now we're living through even greater problems than we had pre-medical revolution. It's a similar thing here. When you when you go and literally make men like women and women like men, but it's the latter that I think has been done on a greater percentage. And remember, a lot of the confusion with men not being masculine, I believe is not a standalone. I believe that's downstream from the women acting like, Girl boss, but so you know, you grow up in middle school, high school, and then college, and you know, in the workforce, you grow up, they're like literally like men. So you're you're used to them acting so much more masculine, sometimes very evidently, very in a physical sense, sometimes an emotional sense. So naturally, men forgot what it was like to regard them in that way. So it affects their masculinity too. The two work together. Probably need a woman on to flesh this out better than I have done. But the point is, I was just thinking about this, looking at the polling data on young women being just off the wall. More so than young men. Why is that? And then I look at conservatives that they themselves are confused about what is a woman? What is a woman? Utterly pathetic. But anyway, I didn't I didn't get a chance to get to some of the other stuff I wanted to talk about. We'll get to that more next week. But I felt it was worth delving into this a little bit off topic, but you know, today, but it's not really off topic. It's the antecedent to every problem we have. I mean, we could talk about illegal aliens, right? But the problem with that is more that we have a dying society, so they're importing people, you know, from elsewhere to replace us, but we're also replacing ourselves. Think about this. Think about this. There was a report last year, I know I talked about it at the time, that's predicting that 45% of all women, okay, it's almost half, between ages 25 and 44, will be single and childless by 2030. Okay, that, that's, that's just in six years. Six years. And 
you can imagine it's it's going up 1.2% every year. So the trajectory is off the charts because as crazy as that sounds, you know, that's still roping in, you know, let's say people to 44, you know, since people roughly our age are still included in that where there still was some some degree of sanity, I think, in our lifetime. But once you only include younger millennials and and and, and Gen Z, you go down another 10 to 15 years, it's going to be like a, a minority of, I don't know, a third of women getting married. And again, why do you think women aren't getting married? Why is this such a problem among women? Because we have deracinated every semblance of femininity from women in society. So when you confuse people to such a degree, yeah, well, why do, why do I need a man? I mean, I'm, I am a man. And, and, and I say this even, this is without the official transgenderism. This is ubiquitous. As, 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 as widespread as the tranny stuff is, whatever they want to say, 10% among, among uh, you know, the, that, that age cohort or who knows what it is now. But the tranny mindset, in my view, is going to be 80%. And how many conservatives have bought into that? And, and this is where the rubber beats the road. See, there's a lot we're trying to figure out what we can do with local government, legislatures, red states, and we're going to continue. But ultimately, the biggest thing, you know, because that's within our purview much more than the feds and blue states. But what's even more within our purview is our family, community, church, synagogue. That's really where the changes need to be made. And where we need to double down those of us who think, well, ha ha ha, we're biblical, unlike the left. Well, are we really? We might be slightly better than the left, but that's dying by by a mile. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? If they're so demonic that, okay, we're okay with basically treating women like men, albeit not like officially, and we don't want them in sp- you know mixed sports. If that's all we're fighting, we're done. We need to fundamentally remake Genesis 3. And that's just the way it is. Hope this resonates with you guys. Send it to every one of your friends and relatives. A little bit different show to end off the week. We'll get back to um, next week's a big week with the uh, federal funding fight. Government funding ends Friday. Hopefully we finally are able to push a government shutdown fight. I'm not very confident, but we'll try. Hope you guys have a terrific family-oriented weekend. Until Monday, God bless y'all. Genesis 3, and thank you for listening. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. 